Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. We have been making our way through this book of 1 Corinthians. We have made it all the way to chapter number 8, and so just about... Uh, halfway through uh, we is where we're at. And so we are going to look at this, a short chapter uh, within this book. Of course, we've entered into the, uh, into the section where Paul is responding to the questions that they wrote him about. And we, we looked at last week, of course, online, chapter 7, and answered the questions about uh, marriage and everything that was taking place there. And man, what a chapter. Uh, and I mean, deep, deep stuff within that. And uh, this week, we're going to be in chapter number 8. And since it is a, a relatively short chapter, just 13 verses, we'll begin reading in verse number 1, and then we will... Uh, read the entire chapter down through verse 13. So the Scripture says this. It says, Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore... The eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods, many, and lords, many. But to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. Howbeit, there is not an every man that not... Sorry, start over verse 7. Howbeit, there is not an every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it, as a thing offered unto an idol, and, there is a consci- there, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God. For neither, if we eat, are we the better. Neither, if we eat not, are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which hast knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren... And wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest 
I make my brother to offend. All right, so we have a question that this church here at Corinth has asked of the Apostle Paul. Now remember the culture that is within the city of Corinth. Uh, We've talked about the temple of Aphrodite. Uh, There were other temples around uh, within this particular culture where sacrifices were made often, uh, probably on a daily basis, if not a weekly basis. And within these sacrifices that were being made, uh, there was, uh, again, they were animal sacrifices and they were there. And what was taking place more than likely, to the best that we can understand through history, is after the sacrifice was made by the animal, uh, whatever blood sacrifice they would have, uh, they would have to do something uh, with the animal. And so they would process it, uh, cut it up, and they would put it in the market. And more than likely, uh, the meat that was being offered Uh, was probably being offered because of what it was used for and the time frame in which it was used for, uh, was probably offered at a discounted price. Now, uh, I I do wonder this evening, uh, do we have any bargain shoppers here? Always looking for a good deal. Uh, You know, if somebody somebody called you up and said, hey, uh, they've got hamburger at, uh, at Giant Eagle this week for 99 cents a pound. How many are heading over to Giant Eagle? All right, but what if they said uh, it's 99 cents a pound and it was used in an animal sacrifice? How many of you are still heading over to Giant Eagle? How many of you don't want to answer? (laughs) You're afraid to answer like, I don't want to answer wrong. Uh, No, no, no. But this is what was happening. And some were coming in and they were saying, I can't believe you would eat meat offered unto an idol. And somebody else would stop the ones that were eating. They would say, yeah, but it tastes fine. It tastes good. There's nothing wrong with it. So the question that they really wanted to know from the Apostle Paul was, is there anything wrong with eating meat offered unto an idol? what they wanted to know that was the question is it wrong is it right now the interesting thing here where uh what we find within this chapter is paul is uh going to answer this question but he's going to answer the question with a complex answer the answer simply If we were to just simply answer the question, we would say, is it wrong to eat meat offered unto the idols? We would say, no, but yes. No, but yes. So Paul explains that here, and we're going to get into that, and we're going to consider again throughout the theme of this book of 1 Corinthians is the matter of unity. Remember? What Paul has been preaching, what he preached through the first five chapters, was to get this church at Corinth unified together as a congregation, as a one unit together saying unify, find unity within the congregation. Well, look, if you have some that are eating meat unto idols and some thinking it's wrong, do you know what you don't have? Unity. 
Because some were offended in this. Some were uh, weak in this matter, and Paul is going to put it all to rest here in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 as we consider the unity of liberty. Ah, the unity of liberty. Let's pray this evening and then we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, there's no way that we could answer this question tonight of eating meat offered unto idols or uh, any other question along these lines without your word. And so, Father, we very much appreciate your uh, foresight and your wisdom in uh, having this church of Corinth ask your Apostle Paul the question, is it wrong? Is it right? And Father, through the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, you gave the answer uh, to Paul, who then gave the answer to this church. And tonight, we are able to sit here uh, 2,000 years later and consider once again uh, the answer to this question. And we thank you for the unity that is available within liberty. And uh, as we look at this tonight, I pray that you would help us and guide us in our thinking and in our spirit this evening that you might uh, unify our church together as one unit, uh, serving you, seeking to glorify you in all things. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right. Well, the first thing I want you to see uh, within this, uh, really three things tonight, and the first one uh, is the church's confusion. Uh, the church's confusion. Very similar outline to what we were uh, looking at last week. Uh, again, typically when somebody is asking a question, it's because they don't know. Uh, they don't know the answer, and within this, uh, again, you have some that are saying, uh, yes, it's okay to eat the meat, and over here you have those that say, no, it's not okay. And, and there was some confusion that needed some clarification uh, within this. And so within their confusion, uh, again, we've covered this uh, a little bit already, but the question was to eat or not eat. Uh, to eat or not eat. And uh, again, when we look at this particular topic, Paul begins in verse number 1 by saying, Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Now, we're going to find in verse number 1 and verse number 13 the conclusion to the message tonight. Verse number 1 and verse number 13 work together to give the conclusion. So within the introduction and within the, uh, within the conclusion, you find at the beginning and the end, and they work together, as Paul says, we all have knowledge, knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. In verse 13 he says, Wherefore, if meat maketh my brother to offend, I will not eat flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Now, I'm going to come back to verse number 1 and answer that in the conclusion. So I want to move on very quickly to verse number 2 uh, so we can get right there. So he says in verse number 2, And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth not yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. 
And so when we see here this confusion of the church to eat or not eat, uh, I want to point out to you that the confusion on this particular matter uh, still applies to this day, doesn't it? The only difference is, is we don't have, uh, at least to our knowledge, we don't have any uh, pagan temples or anything in town that are offering sacrifices uh, to idols that we might go and purchase meat. We don't have uh, anything quite like that, but we still have issues today, don't we? Issues today that we want to know, is it right or is it wrong? Interestingly enough, I'm here this evening, and you can see, I actually did it on purpose. I came this afternoon, and I had a tie on. I don't have a tie on tonight. Is it right or wrong to preach without a tie? Paul didn't have a tie. How do you know? I have no idea. It's a modern thing. So we have one that would say, ah, don't wear a tie. Anybody on the tie side? It doesn't offend me, I promise. It does not offend me. But we might have. And I understand nobody wants to say anything or anything like that uh, to cause disruption. What You got it, Brother Bob? You're, you're against it. One more time. Proper attire for a suit. Okay, see, I heard soothsayer uh, <laughs> for some reason. Uh, and so you're all the way in the back, I'm all the way in the front. And I'm like, okay, it's not what he's saying, but that's what I'm hearing. So Marty, maybe I do need those hearing aids uh, after all. Um, see, Rachel just said, yes, I do. Uh, proper attire for a suit is to wear a tie. Okay. But the business casual attire today is a jacket with no tie. Okay, so I can fix this. Take the jacket off, right? I'm fixed. I was. I am. Jacket's off. Now am I good? Oh, man, now I've got to put the jacket back on. Uh... Okay, put it on right here. Okay, so we're halfway here. Yes, ma'am. Oh, she said, Cain, we didn't come to see your attire or how good you look. No, she didn't say that. Uh, she, we didn't come to see your attire. We came to hear the word. All right, Miss Barb, what were you going to say? Yes, absolutely. So what she said, if you didn't hear her, she said, isn't uh, the way I am attired today, isn't that part of today's culture uh, versus maybe you could probably go back 20 years ago where, uh, like Brother Bob said, if you had a jacket on, you had a tie on. And to not have a tie on was considered sloppy, inappropriate, out of style, and in some cases, rude. And here I am, 
being rude, not meaning to. I'm using this for illustration purposes only. So in Guam, they preach in Hawaiian shirts. I don't think I would make it in Guam. Uh, correct, they don't wear suit and ties uh, in Guam. They, uh, they do in some cultures, they don't in others. And so, but the question, remember, yes, sir? The appearance of the package makes the product more desirable. I think I heard that right uh, this time. Good. Uh, and, and no, this illustration, Brother Bob, is designed for you to argue with me. Uh, and so you are perfectly fine. Um, and look, you, you know 95% of the time I'm going to have a tie on, correct? 95% of the time. Okay. But you can see where... In this illustration, we could go different ways. Now the question is, who's right? Do you see the confusion? Do you see the confusion? And that's just on a simple article of clothing. Simple article of clothing, and we're maybe a little bit mixed on what should be done, shouldn't be done. Maybe it's the setting sometimes. I think the setting might be a little bit more appropriate. And we could take this in many different avenues within our culture today that if we are to consider what the Bible says, because look, the Bible uh, says nothing about the preacher's attire. Unless we want to go to the Old Testament and then I need an ephod. Can we put that in the budget, Brother John? I've always wanted an ephod. Uh, but they're fancy, I'll tell you. Uh, but no, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the only place where we have the attire given was for the high priest and the high priest in order to go into the holiest of holies. And what he was to wear. But when we come to the New Testament and we come to this time, we don't see the attire for a pastor or a minister uh, to wear. Now, do I think that it's important? Do I think that uh, looking properly even within the culture uh, is important? I think absolutely. I think uh, my opinion is our, our culture is probably a little bit too casual. That's my opinion, though, but it doesn't necessarily make someone who might get up and uh, may even untuck their shirt. I have a, a friend of mine, uh, a former friend, I guess we're still friends, we're not enemies uh, by any means, but uh, I, I saw uh, the other day, and social media, oh goodness, social media is really awful, isn't it? Uh, you, you see things that you probably wished you hadn't seen uh, in some cases, but I have a friend of mine uh, that just a few weeks ago he preached, now we're going to, is this gossip, Rachel? You, know, you probably know what I'm about to say. Is it gossip? Is it gossip if I don't say his name? Is it gossip if it's just for illustration purposes? 
I have no idea. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is a real confusion on my part right here. I'm just going to say, because I'm really not gossiping about him, because I really don't care. I just hope you don't care uh, in this, that I would have a friend quite like this. But uh, I have a friend of mine that just a few weeks ago, he preached wearing shorts. At his church? No, no. Uh, that's as far as I'm going. Uh, now, here's the thing. For me, I'm not going to wear shorts to preach. This is, this is probably my, uh, my limit here without a tie on in, in that. But he did. Was he wrong? I don't need you to answer that question. Because we're going to illustrate it here from God's Word as God gives the principle of the meat. Now, he didn't wear shorts that were offered unto idols. Now, if he did, maybe that'd be a different story. I don't know. But Paul is answering this question, and he wants to set in line the confusion that is taking place within the church. And so let's look at what the Word of God has to say here as the apostle gives some correction. Uh, correction is not a bad thing, by the way. Sometimes we we look at that. Teenagers have a, a tendency that when they get corrected, uh, they, they say, oh, I'm in trouble. Correction is not always trouble. Correction is just simply an error that needs corrected. Amen? And so Paul is doing some correcting here within their thinking, but he's correcting both sides. He's correcting the side that's over here that says, oh, it's wrong to eat meat offered unto idols. And he's correcting the side over here that says, no, it's good. It's some of the best meat I've ever had. You should try it. And so he's going to correct both sides here. But I want you to notice what he says again in verse number 2 and 3, he says, And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. The first part of the apostle's correction here that we find in these first three verses is he's telling them to put their focus on God. Too often when we get worked up in things, in things quite like this, it's usually because our focus is in the wrong place. Anytime as Christians that our focus is upon man, it's in the wrong place. And so he says here, but if any man love God, the same is known of him. And then from verses 4 to 6, this is great right here. He says, As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered, unto, offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. What he's saying here is we need to focus on God, and then number two, he says, we need to get the facts about idols. 
We need to get the facts about the idols. You look back at verse number 4, as he says, right there about in the middle, he says, an idol is nothing in the world. An idol is nothing. Now again, the apostle here is not uh, cheapening the idol or elevating idols to a position that they don't deserve. Really, he's putting them in their proper place by saying an idol is nothing. And those that would go to an idol, there, there's many, there, there are many that consider to be gods and lords. But it's important about what we know. And he gives some correction here. He says, but to us, there is but one God. There's not many. There's not five. There's not 12. There's not 144. There's one God. And there's one Lord, Jesus Christ. And that's it. Period. Done. Question over. He says, put your focus on God and get the facts about idols. But, verse 7, he says, how be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. Hold on, wait a second. Hold on. He says, how be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience, being weak, is defiled. He says, not all of us have same knowledge. Not all of us have the same position. We illustrated that just a few moments ago. We illustrated that. We don't all have the same position. Which position is right? Now, everybody knows that my position is right. And if you were to put yourself up here tonight, you would say that what? Your position is right. Can we both be right with different positions? The answer is yes. We can both be right. And I'm going to explain it. Because we have to understand the, not just the focusing on God and getting the facts about idols, but we have to understand the fragileness of the mind, will, and emotions. Our mind, will, and emotions that make up our uh, spirit, if you will, is extremely fragile at times. Some are easily offended. Some are uh, just the opposite. I would say some are even hard-hearted. I'm not necessarily talking about in this room or anything like that, but what I'm saying is we have to understand the fragileness of what's taking place within the mind, will, and emotions. And he says, how be it? Not everyone has the same knowledge, for with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat, eat it as a thing offered unto, the, unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. He said there are some that if they are going to eat that meat offered unto an idol would feel horrible. Just how it is. There are some, knowing that it was offered unto an idol, would feel absolutely horrible. Then he says in verse 8, 
but meat commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. What he's saying is it doesn't matter whether you eat the meat or don't eat the meat, it's not going to change who you are in God. Amen. Plain and simple. I hope it is anyway. He said, is the meat commendeth not to God? He said, for neither if we eat are we the better. He said, you're not any better if you eat it, and you're not any worse if you don't. And you could even say that vice versa. It's not about the meat is what he's saying. And so when he's saying here, we have to focus on God, get the facts about the idols, understand the fragileness. He also wants us to get the facts about the meat. Whether you eat it or whether you don't eat it isn't going to change who you are. Let me ask you something. Going back to not wearing a tie. Is not wearing a tie making me preach any better? So oh, he, he preaches better when he wears a tie. I think I probably preach about the same. I can tell you this, it's not going to make me preach any shorter. But it's not necessarily going to make me preach any longer. You see what I'm saying? It's not affecting what we're doing here tonight. He says, within this meat, you got to get the facts on it. Here's where it comes down to. So he says, you want to know? Is it right or wrong to eat the meat? He says, eat the meat. Now look. I'm just, let, me, let me stop here just for a moment. This is me talking. I don't want to eat meat offered to an idol. Okay? That's just me. I don't want to do that. I'll go ahead and pay, how much is hamburger meat today? $4 a pound? I don't know, I don't do the grocery shopping. What is it? About that. I'll pay the $4 a pound to not eat meat offered to an idol. He said, but it's only 99 cents. I know. But I, I just, I'll just pay the other more. <laughs> I'll just pay the other price. Now again, now some may come in and say, well, that's not good stewardship. I know. I just don't feel right. <laughs> I don't feel right. I will tell you, it, it is, for me, for me, it is odd stand without a tie on on a Sunday night. But here, 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 let me throw this out there. Do you know on Wednesday night I walk back 25 feet and I don't wear a tie and I don't think anything different of it? So it's location, right? It's location-based. Now, maybe I should wear a tie on Wednesday night. I don't know, but I'm comfortable down there without a tie on on Wednesday night. But up here, Sunday night, it, it's, it's a little uncomfortable for me. Now, notice what he says in verse number 9. He's going to change gears a little bit. So here he says, eat the meat. It's not going to make you any better. It's not going to make you any worse. But, hold on, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. 
He says, look, you have the freedom and liberty to do that which is right. You want to eat the meat? Eat the meat. But, but, you're going to need to be flexible on who you eat the meat with and who you eat the meat around. He says in verse number 10, For if any man see thee which hast knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered unto idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Uh-oh. He says, be flexible depending on the situation. Okay? So again, let's say, I'm going to eat the meat. For this illustration, I'm going to eat the meat. And Brother Henry, he has no problem eating the meat. Matter of fact, he, he told me just before church, he's like, Pastor, I got some ribeyes, 99 cents a pound, come over after church, we'll enjoy one. But you got to cook them. All right, I'm there. But then Trevor, he hears us. He says, Why would they do that? Why would they eat that meat knowing that it's offered unto an idol? And then Henry says, Trevor, I got extra. You come too. Trevor, being the kind of guy that he is, don't want to be rude. Okay, I'll go. And here, Brother Henry and I, man, we're enjoying it. Oh, man, ribeye, medium. Mmm. Mmm. Trevor's over there, and he's just cutting. He's like, oh. He says, hey, guys, I got to go. I'm not feeling too well. He's really not feeling too well, and his stomach's upset, and his heart's upset, and he just couldn't do it because it troubled his conscience. You know what, Henry? You and I are now wrong for eating the meat. You say, wait, 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 Pastor. You just said over here that Paul said it was okay. Eat the meat. He did. But then he said, don't eat the meat. Don't eat the meat. Now here is what I think to be the most interesting part about this. And I used to think just the opposite. Okay, and this is what's interesting here. Now remember, this is not to offend anyone or anything like that, but did you notice the one who refrains from eating the meat, how the Bible describes them here? What are they? What's that? Weak. Now look, 
I used to think that those that would have higher standards were more spiritual. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I mean. The ones that had those higher standards was because they were more spiritual, but the Scripture says not necessarily. You see, I want to remind you in this, our standards are not make one spiritual or unspiritual. Let's get that right. Our personal standards of conduct is not what determines one's spirituality. It just doesn't. Now again, I confess, 20 years ago, I would have told you, the one that eats the meat is less spiritual than the one that doesn't. But that's not what the Scripture says. The Scripture says the one that doesn't is weaker but it's not in a, uh, in a wimpy uh, kind of thing there. He's already explained. It's all about the knowledge and what they know. And remember, though, knowledge, he said, puffeth up. The knowledge sometimes puffs us up to say, oh, well, I can eat it. I'm, I'm good. You see, it's that knowledge that causes one to say, oh, I'm more spiritual or they're less spiritual and it has nothing to do with that. But we see again the church's confusion. We see the apostles' correction. Let's look at this final conclusion, if you will. In verse number 12, he says, But when ye, when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. You see that? He said, when we don't consider and are flexible in our liberty, when we don't have unity in our liberty, you know what we're doing? Even as one that is not weak, the one here, he says, that's when you sin. That's when you sin. But notice verse 13. He says, wherefore? He says, all of this, all 12 verses before this, he says, wherefore? If meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Notice the word there in verse 13, if. If. if my brother's offended by me not wearing a tie, give me two ties. I'll wear them both. And I don't say that sarcastically. What I'm saying is wearing a tie or not wearing a tie is no big deal. Eating meat offered unto an idol just because it's cheaper? To not offend a brother? To potentially be in sin because of that? Now that, that's a big deal. So is it right? Is it wrong? Yes. Depending on the situation. You see, the fact of the matter is this, on this final conclusion, I, I must, I must consider my brother 
above myself. That's the principle here. The principle really is not as much about the eating of the meat or the not eating of the meat. It's about am I going to, for the sake of unity, within my liberty, am I going to consider my brother above myself? Again, I've been here. I've had the conversations. But there's nothing wrong with it. It's not always about whether there's something wrong with it or if there's something right with it. Again, I have the liberty. I have the liberty. Well, if liberty is the freedom of the will to enjoy an opinion and to choose that which is right, what's right here? What's right here? If you go back to verse number 1, notice he says, Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. He said, we all have knowledge. There is meat that's offered unto an idol. But knowledge puffeth up. It's not wrong. Bless God, I'll do what I want. Knowledge puffeth up. Notice what he said. But charity edifieth. What do you mean charity edifieth? Charity edifieth. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Wherefore, if meat maketh my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Because charity edifieth. The final conclusion is where Paul is at, is he says, I've got to consider my brother first. He said, I would rather eat no meat. Meat that's not even offered unto idols. I'd rather eat no meat and be a vegetarian than to offend my brother. Anybody willing to be a vegetarian to not offend your brother? Brother Henry? It's a tough one, isn't it? You see, it makes, you know what it makes this? It makes the question to eat the meat or not eat the meat trivial, doesn't it? Really does. To wear a tie or not wear a tie is, is trivial compared to someone being offended. It's but I hate ties. Well, I don't particularly like them. But for the sake of not offending, we talked a couple of weeks ago as we introduced this section about the principle of taking the high road. 
We have to remember that taking the high road is not about choosing between right and wrong or, or, or anything like that. It's about choosing between the better and the best. And I think we can all agree in the spirit of unity, of liberty, that not offending someone is always the best decision. If it's possible, now look, I understand people are going to be offended and some people are offended easily. And again, not our, our, it shouldn't be our goal to offend people. I know sometimes the truth is offensive in and of itself. But understand something, I can speak the truth in love and not be offensive in my tone. And if someone is offended by the truth, then they're not being offended by me, they're being offended by the truth. But nine times out of ten in my experience, it's usually not the truth that offends them, it's my spirit. Am I right? It's usually our spirit that does the offending, not the truth. So we have to learn how to give the truth without being offensive so that we can continue within a spirit of liberty or a spirit of unity even within our liberty. That's the principle here. That's the principle. Again, we might get out of shape. Why can't I eat the meat? I want to just eat it. Why? Because unity is more important. The unity of the church is more important Because a fractured church isn't going to do much. But a unified church, little is much when God is in it, right? It's there. So that is where we get this unity of liberty. I'll not eat any meat if it means keeping a good relationship with my brother. I'd rather not eat it at all. No meat. A vegetarian. For my brother's sake. Is that what you're willing to do? Again, we have many issues today that we would be able to put in place within our own culture. Again, we don't have a meat issue today. We do have other issues. We do have other issues that we're going to have to be flexible on. To not offend, to win a brother, to keep unity with a brother. I hope and pray that that would be my desire, my spirit uh, in it. Sometimes I get contrary, I'll tell you. I'm not always right. But I pray and ask God that He would give me this spirit. As the Apostle Paul had to say, I'll be a vegetarian. I won't eat meat at all. As long as the world standeth. Long as I'm here for the rest of my life, I won't eat meat. Lest I'm making my brother to offend. He said, That's not what I'm about. I don't want to be about that. I don't want our church to be about that. I want us to be unified in liberty. Let's bow for prayer, shall we?